welcome to the Natural Health Podcast, where we bring awareness of sustainable health in the business hustle space. Natural Health Podcast is perfect for the for the high achieving business professionals who want to work with their biochemistry to achieve success and optimal health. It's Friday, which means it's time for French strength facts about health, business, and overall success. In today's episode, we talk to Michelle Willett. She is a certified mindfulness teacher and wellness coach with over 20 years in experience in her practice. She is the co-founder of Balance Your Path, where her sister Victoria and her share their wealth of life experience, knowledge, and education to help others create a peaceful, fulfilled life of well-being. Three interesting facts about Michelle are that she is creative and spends a great time drawing, sketching, painting and writing she absolutely loves the outdoors bike riding walks in the city hiking swimming and is a huge baseball fan and she goes to her local games whenever she can welcome to the natural health podcast thank you so much i am so excited to be here i'm so excited to have you so you absolutely are creative drawing sketching painting tell me a bit about that uh, that has been my entire life. I think I, I picked um, picked up a sketch pad somewhere right around the age of two, and I haven't put them down since. Uh, wow. My mother was a creative uh, writer and and a, and a sketcher and painter and things. And it's I have one of my both of my daughters actually are taking that path as well. So that yeah. is amazing. So Our what thing. do you what do you sketch? What do you paint? Is it is it people is it plants is it landscapes is it just anything that comes to your mind it is yes all of the above (laughs) um i do a lot of people i sketch um a lot of black and white and charcoal work on people a lot um but i also like to do uh really kind of non i wouldn't call it fantasy but not real things you know i do a lot of cartooning and 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 fun little shapes and creatures and and things like that more so shapes than than anything but yeah. that is amazing I do not have that talent at all you get me a pen and I'll just be like I, stick figures <laughs> <laughs> I say my creativity is in the human body <laughs> there you go well obviously you got a talent here for doing what you do I it's amazing oh, it's amazing you. I really appreciate it. I appreciate it. talking yes that's my creativeness <laughs> <laughs> no it's absolutely great I'm so excited to have you talk about today's topic which needs to be spoken about but before we get yes. into it and give the audience the ins and outs of it all I wanted to find out a little bit more about you so what have been the key turning points in your life to get you to where you are here today well, I can tell you that there's been three pretty pinnacle moments in my lifetime, both me and my my sister, Victoria, and we own the company together and we collaborated on, on the book. But uh, the first one was being homeless on the streets of Los Angeles as small children. And uh, that lasted for about a decade. And so, of course, that manifested itself in emotional and physical issues that we then had to deal with as young adults. <clears throat> Excuse me. The second one was raising my two girls. So I've got two 25-year-old daughters, and both of them suffer tremendously with social issues, anxiety, depression, uh, from traumas that happened to them around the age of 11. So that was kind of the second piece. And then because of those two, my sister and I decided we'd start Balance Our Path, right? Balance Your Path to start kind of collecting our knowledge and our education and getting it out in front of people. And then COVID hit, which is our third big pinnacle. 
the need then grew so substantially with people that had completely lost hope and they just needed coping mechanisms and they needed um, help walking through this feeling secluded and all this fear that they were dealing with. And so that was really the one that made us push the company kind of out into the world more so than just kind of doing it for our friends and family and things like that. So COVID was our big one. Yeah. Wow. Going back to living on the streets. Wow. Are you able to give us a little bit more detail about that? What was that like? It was terrifying. Uh, for, so I was about six when my father's business failed. My dad was also an entrepreneur and a pretty bad one. <laughs> he was a great guy, but he didn't have any idea how to run a business. And so about six is when we lost our last house and we started moving around and living in lots of different scenarios. And it was until I t- uh, was up until the point where I turned about 17 when I was able to move out of that situation and away from them to where I could kind of put my world back together. And, and um, yeah, it was, I mean, I don't know if you've ever been to Los Angeles, but those who have, it's not, it's not the most welcoming of places on the planet. And luckily we lived in kind of the suburbs and we, we stayed out of the downtown area, but it went growing up that way. It didn't set me up for success. We can at least say that. Right. Mm. So I had a lot of that to overcome before I could even push myself to a place where I could be, you know, have some kind of a substantial life. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. And like you said, that would have brought on its <laughs> own traumas, its own difficulties, its own obstacles, you know, um, and, and at the age of 17, making that decision and being like, you know what, I'm going to move away from that. That would have been huge in itself. I am one of four kids and my sister and I are both the middle one. So we have an older brother and a younger sister. And it was funny how the kind of family split those two allowed that to define their lives. And Victoria and I didn't. We realized at a very young age that we wanted more than that life. And we wanted to move forward and get kind of beyond that. And that's when we started seeking really about how can we be better than than all of this. So yeah, that's two out of four of us made it. That's, that's absolutely amazing. And you also mentioned that, you know, your dad was an entrepreneur, but a bad one. And a lot of individuals <laughs> that are listening are like, oh, that's never going to happen to me. I'm always going to make the right business decisions. I'm never going to fail. I'm never going to lose a lot of money or anything along that line. But, you know, one wrong business decision can literally end up with you being homeless, with you not having anything like your example. Absolutely. When you own a small business and you are just your mom and pop activities going on, it is, it's one, it's one move away from any kind of change in your lifestyle. And that's basically what happened. My father was an artist and he did beautiful things with wood. And if he had left that part of the business as in his control and let someone else handle the financial piece of it, what happened to us may not have happened. So he made a choice choice but it was a single choice and it and it was almost too detrimental for him to get past it took him almost a decade so yeah, yeah. and it's interesting all all business professional entrepreneurs would agree with you what you just said there if you let others um do the things that you're not good at like for example mean accounting nah no thank you <laughs> someone else can look after that me and something else right? no thank you 
Um, and it's it's us it's us dropping our ego and being like, it's okay if I don't know the numbers and don't exactly. know how to do that. Exactly. Exactly. We can't know everything, right? There, life would be boring if we did. <laughs> so definitely relying on those people that know more about certain things. And like you said, dropping that ego and just saying this, you need to handle this for me because I know you're going to do it better than me and partnering with those people that complement the weaker parts of you where you can focus and really thrive in your strong areas. Yeah, a hundred percent. I love business. that. So I guess success and health, the definition of them two would have changed for you throughout the years. What does it look like for you at the moment? The meaning of success to me has always been living in a state of well-being. And I say that because well-being is as from, you know, for the human race, our natural state of being. And so our emotions, our physical health, our level of happiness will all let us know when we're kind of getting into that and that we're a part of that. And so really optimal health, which is the second piece of, of your question there, is, is the whole picture. It's having balance in your life. It's physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, et cetera, and being able to balance all of those pieces because that goes with you wherever you go through jobs and relationships and places that you live. And, you know, your body reacts positively to those things. So it talks about, you know, physical health, all, all these things. It's, it's all one in my opinion. Love that. My I humble opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love that. Um, so yeah, let's, let's talk about today's topic. Let's talk about, work-life balance, you know, which, which a lot of individuals are like, what? There's no such thing as work-life balance. Um, how to achieve success in all areas of your life. Before we go further, is it, let's answer the question, you know, so people can <laughs> just get it. Is it possible to achieve work-life balance and what does it actually look like? It is absolutely possible. I, I think that I know that we all have the power within us to create this, right? It is absolutely a part of all of us, but it is very individualized. And so a lot of the information that's out there in the world that says here is the, the blueprint to work-life balance isn't going to work for everybody because it is a very individualized process that each person has to create for themselves. What may be my work-life balance may be completely different than yours right? Because we live two different lives. Um, so really to achieve that success, it's, it's, about, it's about looking at all areas of our life and it's looking at work and home, but it's not just work at home. A lot of people think when they hear work-life balance, that's what they think of work and home. But I think self-care is a big piece that needs to be remembered in that home piece and it's really about bringing that balance together in all areas. And, you know, probably the most important part of work-life balance is our self-care. If we're not working well, we're not working well in any area of our life. We've got to take care of us. So it is absolutely possible. It's individualized, but it can be achieved for anybody who wants it. So, yeah. And it's, it's so important that you put in there, it's individualized because there's so many things, like if you just put into any search engine or anything 
what is work-life balance or what does it look like? You know, you become, you get a template and then you're like, right. oh, I don't know if that's going to fit with my current position or my current work. So then you're like, it doesn't exist. Right. Right. So, yeah, that, the, whoever wrote that, their priorities are most likely completely different than the readers, right? Mm. So you have to identify and know what your own priorities are. Yes, yes. And we're going to go more into that soon, which I'm so excited <laughs> about. But for some people, it is, it's impossible to even think about achieving success in all areas of their life, like this topic. Like, how can I be successful at work, also a family, and also social with friends, um, you know, health-wise, everything, financial. Wow, it's kind of it's kind of like um, this circle. You get a circle and there's always a little dip in one of them. If it's family, if, if it's health, one of them always has to give in or we believe it does. So right. how does one actually achieve success in all areas of life? And what are these areas of life? That is an absolutely great question. Um, all areas of life are the answer to what areas of life uh, are self-care, our families, our significant others, our relationships, our work, our hobbies, really everything is encompassed in this work-life balance. And the goal is to balance it all out so that we can feel fulfilled at the end of our day and all of our areas in our life feel like they hold value and are a priority in our day, right? I think a lot of people get hung up on the 100%. You know, you hear that so much, especially at work, right? You need to give 100%. Who's defining 100%? Because it doesn't necessarily mean 100% of your attention or your focus or your time or even giving up 100% of something to be 100% somewhere else. So I think that success in this area truly has to start with how we define our 100% and each person, again, that's individualized. Society and our work cultures uh, have led us to believe that we need to sacrifice, right, in other areas of our life to truly be successful at work, and that's absolutely not true. We just need to know where our areas of focus need to be, and we need to compromise, and we need to shift, and we need to be flexible, and we need to allow all things to flourish, and we have time in the day to do it if we do it right. So um, here's kind of an example. So, you know, two professionals, one, two of your listeners, one might have grown kids that are outside the house, right? And the other might have small children at home. And just based on that piece, if we knew nothing more about these two people, that alone would say they have completely different priorities. Their 100% and their home life looks completely different than the other person's. So why would they need, why would a cookie cutter work-life balance template work for them? It wouldn't. They need to be looking at those things. Um, Demands. So I'm kind of looking through what I put in the book and what we really talk about here is knowing what the demands are in every area of your life and understanding those is, is like a cornerstone to creating that work-life balance. We need to dive in. We need to dive in to what we have going on in the areas of our life. And we do have a couple of exercises in the book that help you do just that, that help you define what are the priorities at home? What are they at work? What are they with my friends? What are they with my spouse? What are they within me? What are my kids needing? And all those things. And then putting them all into this side-by-side view and really evaluating 
to make sure that our focus goes to the key components of all of those in any given time frame that we set mm. daily, weekly, monthly, whatever it is, because it's individualized, right? Yeah. So. And I love that you said a hundred percent. You put in any motivational talk and like wake up and give it a hundred percent. Um, put in a hundred percent in your work life. And then when someone here is putting a hundred percent in your work life, that means I'm putting zero percent in my personal life because there's only a hundred percent. So straight right. away our brain comes logical and goes, okay, cool, cool, cool. Okay. hundred percent I'm putting in here, which means I'm going to have to sacrifice exactly what you said. I have to sacrifice my health. I'm not going to be able to go to the gym because I'm just going to be 10 hours, 12 hours in front of this computer, smashing out goals. Cause I'm giving it a hundred percent, which means everything right. else is losing it. It's true. It's true. It, and it's just the way that we've almost been programmed to think that way. So we really need to stop and evaluate our hundred percent because it isn't giving everything we have to one thing. It's dividing it out and making sure that we're giving our best effort and our best focus to the things within our life that need those focus points and when. Mm. And that at the end of the day, we've given a hundred percent, but that may be 2% here and 5% here and 25% there. And again, it's based on your life and where you're, your focus needs to be to feel that level of value in your life and that everyone else in your life feels valued by you. That's, that's also a big piece of it. Yeah. That's a huge one. I would love to dig into that soon a bit <laughs> deeper. Wow. <laughs> Just chucked another one in there. Um, before we go in there, you know, perfect life, right? So, when we think about a perfect life here in Australia, uh, you know, I'm just being very, um, you know, typical, right? So perfect life, couple, kids, a few cars, a huge house, business, um, social and things like that, right? So that's kind of like, you know, pick a fence and all those things. But what is a perfect life and how do you achieve it? Well, and because you mentioned the house and the kids and the, you know, the cars and the, the, the career and all those things, same, same as the States. I mean, that's, that's probably kind just of a bigger overall. house, <laughs> right? That's what we think about, right? When we think about the perfect life. So in the book, when we walked through this kind of section about visualizing your perfect life, that's exactly what we used is those things that are automatically the ones we pick out. And it really is just an exercise to teach someone how to visualize. It's not really about the house, the car, the kids, because a perfect life is a state of mind. It's not the house. It's not the car. It's not the perfect job. It is about living in a state of well-being and as you know, as many definitions, but truly to achieve that perfect life, you must define it for yourself. And so we never achieve our perfect life because it changes every day. Tomorrow, I might jump on Amazon and find a bright orange couch that I just can't live without. But if I put a bright orange couch into my living room, everything of my decor changes. So what I see as perfect today might be different tomorrow. So we, we have to look beyond those things that we see and that we feel and that we touch and let our feelings direct us to that perfect life, life as well, because that is really where it sits. And we want to be able to visit the exercises and things that help us visualize the things that we want in our life. It's, it's not a one size fits all, right? So we want to go back and revisit. Every time a goal changes, we should be revisiting what does our perfect life look like and has that changed it? And be totally happy and content with changing it if that changes it. Mm. 
that's part of the, the the having total peace is having and being able to be okay with change and flexible and flexibility and be able to put those in your peace because then things can move and change as you grow. Personal growth changes us every second, right? We learn something new, our thoughts about something because of that change, that automatically changes a goal for us. So why wouldn't our perfect life wrapped around all those goals change? It would. Mm. And and you said it's in our mind, it's a state of mind. So are you saying someone can go from one second of not being in a perfect life to another second with not much changing, just a mental, you know, mindset and a focus to having a perfect life? I believe so. Yes. It's, it's, It's a state of mindfulness. And I believe that with practice, you can absolutely get there. Absolutely. I how empowering is that? How empowering is that for the individuals that are listening and being like, you know, they're probably, I don't know if they're walking, sitting in there thinking, you know, my life is pretty unperfect at the moment, imperfect, and so many things are happening wrong. And then they hear that they can change it with the mindset. Like how empowering is that? Because then they have full control, right? Right. They absolutely do. And all of us have that personal power. We have enough personal power. Literally, we should wear capes and fly around all day. We have so much personal power that allows us to have anything that we desire. But so many people, because of fear or distrust or just really just not believing that that's even possible, don't tap into it. But if you figure out how to tap into that personal power, I, all things are possible. It, it's endless. It's it's limitless. It's it's a pretty am- amazing power, actually. <laughs> yeah, and, and you said it's limitless. One hundred percent is limitless because it is. you Absolutely. have full control of it. And if you believe in abundance, the things that you can make happen. Poor. <laughs> I I absolutely have seen great things happen in my life just because of that. I've had watched my clients transform in front of my eyes. I've watched. Uh, my kids develop into these amazing young people because of this. So I know, I know it works. I know that it is possible. It, it doesn't happen overnight. It takes practice. It takes work as anything that's worthy of, you know, that much power does. We, we need to put the work in. But mm. luckily, I've put a lot of the work in already for your listeners. That's, <laughs> that's really where the book kind of came from is is the idea that you don't have to spend the next 20 years trying to search and trying to figure all this out. Let me put it all together in a place where even those who have zero idea what we're even talking about can implement all of this stuff literally day one into their life and have it become just a very commonplace actions and behaviors and thoughts in their in their every day, in their mm-hmm. every single day. Hmm. That's the beginning to manifesting. At the start, I heard you say about work-life balance. Yes, you can achieve it, but it's important to figure out first what your, you know, what your values are. Um, So is that part of the first part of the process to determine what your values are and and what are values? Like how does even someone go, what are my values? If someone hasn't even gone to that stage yet. Right. Yes. Building your core values is definitely a cornerstone to all things well-being. Uh, and for the work-life balance, it is imperative to know that because really what core values is, is you. It's about you, the way that you think of the world, the way that you feel, the way 
you react to things. It is emotionally driven. It is, um, it is it, a methodical thought process. It's a lot of things, but it's your, it's your attributes. It's what you bring in. A few of mine would be kindness and gratitude and things like that. So I live in those places and by identifying either who you are or who you would like to be, and even just starting that list, you're starting to build your core values. And that list, those things are going to be the way that you treat others and the way that they treat you. And by having that information, you can then better prioritize and set and set boundaries around the things in your life. And that, again, helps you build that work-life balance. It's it's a process. It's There's a lot of little tiny pieces in here, but it's very easy. That's the beautiful thing about this is it's not challenging. A lot of it's really just aha moments like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that, you know, I just needed to make a list of who I want to be as a person and start kind of living that way. And all of these other little things kind of just come into play when that happens. So it is, it is key to know your core values. Absolutely. It kind of sounds like, you know, you know, when people open up a business, you need a vision, you need a mission, you need core values. So it's kind of like us in individuals. Uh, we need a vision, where do you want to be, mission, how are you going to get there, and then also, you know, your core values. What's, what, right. what, are your, what, are your, what are your top five values? Any company that you look at, it's a big company, they've got values that they obey by. and then They absolutely you, do. You ask individuals, what are your personal values? And a lot of people go, oh, I, don't, I don't know, I'm just good. I'm a good person, right? <laughs> right, and 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 that often leaves us if we don't have that set, that leaves us in a place where we can't really set good goals for our lives. We really can't visualize what our perfect life looks like. We can't really prioritize the things that are going in our life to get that work life balance. We we will fall short in a lot of areas because all of that requires us to know who we are. And to love the things about ourselves and bring that into everything that we do. So it is, it's absolutely a cornerstone to all of this. Yeah. And I can, like some individuals may have, well, a lot of them have values, but they just don't know what they are. And I guess that's where sometimes they get frustrated in their work, if they're working for someone or in their relationships, because what they're doing or what they're saying doesn't align with their values. And therefore they feel this, this, unease and it's like people like why am I feeling this unease am I feeling anxious about something but it may be because the things that they're doing or things that they're hearing are not in line with their values right exactly and our gut tells us right that will cause that unease that'll cause that anxiety to creep in when we're doing something that even though we may have not set those core values our body is telling us what our value is in that situation oftentimes though we just don't listen to it And we need to start listening because our body will tell us, our emotions will give us the insight that we need into being the person that we truly need or want to be. So what are some examples of some values? Like if someone's sitting there thinking, I have absolutely no idea. I know you mentioned some. Are you able to just give us a little bit of an outline of what some values are? Uh, Well, I think um, one of the ones that my clients use the most is kindness. I mean, really, if you can act from a place of kindness or love in all things that you do and think, <clears throat> that that takes you into a a gut response that will make you happy when you when you you know experience something. 
but I think there are, there are so many, and again, they're individualized for me. Gratitude is a huge piece. And that's one of the ways that I have been able to build my perfect life each time that it shifts and my goals change because I stay in a place of gratitude for the life I currently have and the car I have and the house that I have. And it's great just the way that it is. And so that automatically puts this positivity at in driving more of that, that we're happy for. So those kinds of things, um, positive thoughts is a great core value. And it, these again may just sound like insignificant attributes, but they really aren't. If we're talking about who we are as a person, my creativity is a big piece of who I am. So being a creative is one of my core values. And in the book, we do these, this exercise that helps someone and we call it word vomit. And it's a great fun <laughs> exercise. It is super fun. And it's about just throwing out everything in front of you that you can possibly imagine as being one of your values, or even things that you don't have now, but you think you might want. And then it's, and then it's the practice of sifting through that and bringing that down to your top 20, your top 10, your top five, just like in a company, right? And then setting the priorities around those, which ones are you going to, which ones are non-negotiable? That's really key. These five things in any work life, any relationship, at home, with my friends, whatever it is, these five are non-negotiable. I will not be treating you unkind and I won't allow you to treat me in any other way outside of kindness. That's one of my non-negotiables. Then you've got that next set, right? That we can negotiate on as long as those first five are there. I'm okay to negotiate on a few of those next ones. And then we've got those larger ones kind of at the bottom where we, where we use them to, to really kind of build these relationships with ourselves and others and make it very whole and very complete by having these ones that will shift and change and move in and out and that are very flexible with the other people in our lives but we stick to our non-negotiables and that is super important. I love that. I love that. That's absolutely amazing. So I guess once you know your values, um, I guess the next step in the process from what I've seen is to get treated and treating others. Uh, let's unfold this. What does that mean? I know you mentioned that just before, as in with kindness, you treat others with kindness and you want to right. get treated with kindness. Are we able to unfold that a little bit more? Right. And, and, and it is very much the core values, right? And that's why that kind of follows this section in the book is once you know your core values, then you can really sit down and evaluate from that set of core values. Not only how, if I'm living within that, what does that kind of treatment look like to the other people in my world? But more importantly, how do I demand or require or request even that treatment coming my way to fit into my core values so that I am treated by others the way that I want to be treated. And again, we go into some deep detail, but it's about recognizing how we live our life and what core values we live by and really evaluating the other relationships and the other things going on in our life against that set of core values and really setting some very firm boundaries within ourselves on what we will accept a non-negotiable. If you've got the five non-negotiables and someone treats you outside of those five, that should be a red flag for you. That should be something that says, mm, wait a minute. Nope. 
because that isn't making me feel well. It doesn't fulfill me as a human being. I don't feel valued, respected, all of those things. And that is not the way that I want to be. And that does not give me a life in wellness. So maybe that person either needs to have, needs to move on, or you need to have a conversation if it's someone that's in your life. And so really it's about how you feel, but it's also about others' feelings. And that has to be a key piece to it. Do we create, you know, a feeling based on kindness and respect? Do we leave a warm, loving, kindness kind of vibe in the room when we leave? When we enter a room, are we greeted with those types of feelings? Do we feel valued? Do we feel respected? Do we feel loved? Because it's it's a partnership with those in our life and ourselves because we all want to feel that way. We all want to feel valued. We all want to feel well by the treatment that we receive. And so we have to take all of that into consideration. So not only our feelings, but others, and really just putting it all together and figuring out, again, based on those core values, what does that treatment look like? And standing up for yourself and speaking your truth to make sure that you are living in those boundaries and treating others inside of those. And more importantly, that you are only accepting the treatment that you want in your life as an individual from others. And it's perfectly okay to stand up and say, nope, that ain't it. Or speaking your truth in other ways by saying, I would prefer having something else in this particular moment, but we do need to speak our truth. We need to put that out there because it will come back to us. And and part of that is also getting rid of the reaction, right? We react and we know we do it. And it's, it's not always from a place of our core values or a place of wellness when something happens and it's so immediate and we react, right? We need to be able to learn how to stop the reaction time, give it a second, take a breath, remove some of the emotion from the situation and evaluate how do I need to react if I do. I may not even need to react in this situation, even though that was my first impulse, because based on my core values, it doesn't require my attention. It doesn't require my reaction. Or if it does, I'm going to make sure I react from a place that speaks my truth. And if we can do that, we can conquer the world. Can I just say that? Yes. We will have yes. some very healthy relationships and we will have, you know, it'll uh, very important in work-life balance. Mm. Very, very important. We've I all mean, had that it only took you, it took you, what, 10 minutes to explain that, but that whole process can take years, decades yeah. to, I wouldn't even say to perfect because there's no such thing um, to get a good feel of. And it's so valuable because, you know, all, when, when people think about it in those situations that you've been in that you have reacted, after mm-hmm. you're probably like, oh, probably shouldn't have done that because that didn't right. align with your values. That's not right. how you would like to have gone with that conversation. And it's quite interesting recently when I've been in, you know, dealt with those cons, those confrontations or anything, um, I just go and you say take a pause. I just put my hand on my heart and I just give myself love first of all just give myself love because in that moment I feel like I'm not receiving love and love is one of my biggest values it's my top one is love because everything that I do I want it to come from a place of love and everything that is around me I want it to come from a place of love and that that's I don't even you know that's that's the 
main one is just love. It's you know I don't because if you're love, you're not fear, you're not anything, right? It's exactly, exactly. So an individual reacting to me or you know ha- yelling at me, I, I that that's a no go for me. So I just mm-hmm. hold my heart and you know and I try the best I can at that moment. And if I can't at that moment, I remove myself. I come from a place of love. And what that means is if that's word, words, if that's actions, if that's just being there and breathing, whatever that is. Um, right. but, it's, but doing that, the atmosphere changes. Everything changes yes. around. That and is you tapping in. That's you tapping into your personal power and taking control over that and not allowing anyone else to control how you feel, how you believe, and reclaiming that personal power. And that in itself is so powerful. If we could all do that on a regular basis, the world in which we live would just be a nicer place to be and everyone would be healthier. But for a lot of people, it's very challenging. And I think a lot of them just don't know how to do it. It took oh, me a it's lot challenging for me too. Trust me. This oh, <laughs> so I've been doing this for twenty years, and I still <laughs> have those moments where it's like, mm, I should have just given that a minute more. <laughs> should have given it a time longer. <laughs> <laughs> we all no. have those moments. A hundred percent, and that and that 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 that's rawness. That's vulnerability. You know, like we talk about this stuff, but you know, like I said to you, like I said before, perfection. Where it's not, it's always an ongoing process that we're learning. And you even mentioned earlier, it's being flexible, it's being adaptable, and all those, which which I absolutely love. Um, right. Yeah. So I guess you know, core values, um, figuring them out, figuring out. Um, you know, learning to get treated and treat others the way that, and then I, I we're going into big topic which we can talk about for hours and days which is boundaries <laughs> right what what everyone's like you know what Mayla create some boundaries or like you know what boundaries are important what are boundaries and 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 like why do we need them <laughs> well we <laughs> we touched on them a little bit earlier I mentioned them a few times but in life again it's another key component right it's a solid cornerstone to living a place living in a place of well-being what they are is our truths and us putting boundaries on situations and people and just everything in our life that keeps them in our life if we so choose to keep them there, but not to a point where they pull away from or take away from our well-being. And so it is, it's one of those things that if you Google it, there's a million different thought processes on it, right? And it's a lot of times it doesn't make a lot of sense. And one of the things that we have done in the book is we have put real life examples that really help people understand what we're talking about. And so I've got one for you. So um, a lot of your folks are uh, professionals, right? Your listeners. So, and I'm sure that they can relate to this scenario because I know I can. So picture yourself in a meeting, right? And you are there with five of your peers and your boss. And in that meeting, your boss turns and gives you some kind of a negative piece of feedback or something on something that you've created, right? This makes you uncomfortable. It embarrasses you. You feel singled out. And this conversation would be far more productive if it were based on, you know, a one-on-one setting or a one-on-one scenario. So without setting a healthy boundary, 
around how you feel valued in that situation and the treatment in which you know you deserve, this kind of interaction can cause long-term stress, anxiety, less productivity, all kinds of things that are negative in the workplace. So the solution is to stand up for yourself, set that boundary by having that conversation that says, you know, and, and, and doing it from a place of love and kindness, right? Because we want to live our lives in those areas, in those areas. So maybe sitting down with your boss and saying, you know, I appreciate you wanting to give me feedback, but when it comes to me in those types of scenarios, when there's my peers are around or it's, you know, it's in a, in a crowded room, I'm not going to hear you. I'm going to hear you if you pull me aside one-on-one and sh- truly share that feedback feedback with me and, and let us have some kind of a collaborative discussion about it. I'm then going to hear it and be able to implement it or at least have some kind of comments to it. I would prefer in the future that that not be how we discuss these things. That's That's a boundary. That is placing your boss on a boundary where he cannot affect, he or she cannot affect your well-being because you have set the stage now. You've set the standard. The standard is if you have feedback for me, we're going to do it on a one-on-one. I've communicated that. You know it now. If it still doesn't happen, that's a whole nother set of issues, right? But as long as we're doing those, that little bit of work at the beginning of any relationship that says, this is where I need information. This is where I need my feelings to be. This is where I need my treatment to be in order for me to be healthy. Even if that person doesn't know you're setting a boundary, they don't need to know that. I mean, that's our personal thing. But as long as you're sticking to that and making sure that you're speaking your truth and having those conversations when someone pushes those boundaries and pulling it right back in, you will stay in a much happier, peaceful, calm state more of your day than you would ever without them. So that's kind of what a boundary is. That's how we define it. It's really about your truth and making sure that others understand where where what we need from them or what we expect from ourselves in any given situation. Yeah. Even my entire family have boundaries. I mean, literally, in the book, we share this lovely visual of building your boundaries. And it is a planet, which, encomp- you know, you're, that's your core values. And then all these rings, like, you know, like Saturn has, and each one further and further away from the core And we use that as an example because it's very visual on those people that live within my values and treat me within my values are the, that closest ring, right? They're right up there next to me and every other person or situation or activity in my world sits on one of those rings, but those that aren't as in tune with my well-being will decidedly be much further out. And, and, and that keeps me in a place of well-being on a regular basis. So. I love your explanation of boundaries and I love that you gave us a real life example, which has probably happened to 90% of individuals listening. Right. It um, is. It's <laughs> including myself. And going back to that, you can just think about and be like, wow, if I set those boundaries, what would have that looked like? You know? Um, but you know, here in Australia, the workplaces are not, not encouraged. Employees are not encouraged to set boundaries because you need that one authoritative person to put everyone down so things get done. And that's how they believe that things are productive and efficient. However, no, if you allow individuals to live within their core values, if you allow individuals to have boundaries, that is when you're going to get the most out of them. They're going to be creative. They're going to be productive. 
Yes, that's exactly it. And it's, and it is, it's not even, you know, so much about what we're talking about is definitely for the individual, right? How to build a well-being um, life of wellness for themselves. But so much of it then becomes an example of how we should be doing it for others around them, right? How do we build a work culture that, that encourages people to speak their truth and to show their creativity and to delegate things to people who are more creative in one area where they are and share the work and be collaborative and all these things that would make us so much happier at work if we're not doing it ourselves, right? If we're not putting it out there. And it is, it's about being the example. Once we are living this way, we then become the example for someone else to say, oh gosh, what is she doing? I want, I want to know what she knows. And it's infectious, like a smile, like a hug, like it's, it makes you feel better and it's infectious and people pick up on it. So we're not just helping ourselves by learning this stuff. We're helping everybody around us. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of, you know, kind of like people are like, oh, but we're talking about work-life balance, but, you know, we go back to core values, being treated and learn people to treat the way you are, setting boundaries, that all helps us create a work-life balance. But how can you create a work-life balance in regards to prioritizing your day to achieving success and creating, you know, success in all fields? How would you go about that? What does that kind of look like? I'll, I'll tell you, the easy answer is the key to prioritizing your day is really um, a one-sentence answer. It is there are a few components to this, um, some that we have already touched on, but it's one, it's um, redefining our 100%. And the way that we want to do that is really by going through the exercise that breaks down our priorities, the things that we want to accomplish or that others want us to accomplish um, or that others need from us or what we need in kind of every area of our life and determining what those top 20 things are, right? And then looking at them all side by side and determining, again, how much of my day needs to be on, I have a little one at home, let's say, who the wellness in her six-year-old life is that she gets a 30-minute story. Well, that doesn't require 100% of my day. Okay, It doesn't even require 30 minutes every single day. But we look at that as being a very high top priority against um, the, the Friday report that is due every week at work, the fact that um, maybe two of our kids have sporting practices throughout the week, that we would like to take a yoga class or even just have time to meditate for our own well-being, uh, that we have to mop the floors, we have to go to the grocery store and do laundry, all of the things that are going on in our lives. And we look at those top priorities in every area and we simply sift them together. And we sift them to make sure that we're touching on the most important areas every day, even though we don't touch on everything. We, we can't touch on everything. But then it becomes a priority. So if this little person needs a 30-minute story every week, then maybe the conversation is, you know what? Mom's super busy or dad's super busy, and I've got a lot of things going on this week. So let's do it three times this week. You get to pick the day. And I'll put it on the calendar and we'll make sure that it's there. And you, that's the compromise, right? You fit in so that that person, in this case, the six-year-old feels valued. Mom or dad are paying attention to them, right? The report still gets 
presented to the boss by Friday because you're not spending too much time late at night reading books every night. You're getting a load of laundry done on the nights that you're not doing that. It really is about sifting all of those things together and really just prioritizing them in a way that makes sense for your life. Um, and we have exercises in the book that will help someone do that very thing. It won't take a long time. It's relatively quick, actually. But it's just thinking a way that we normally don't think. And it's opening up our minds to really evaluate our own lives and what's important to us and to those in our lives. Yeah, it's interesting when you were saying that, I was thinking about what I do. And that's kind of how my brain works without even thinking about it. Like in the morning, I'm like, I know my top priority for my dog is to get a walk. <laughs> so I'm like, cool, that that gets me exercise moving, that gets me listening to podcasts or catching up with friends, and I'm walking the dog. Amazing, right. done, tick. Um, this day, this like, you know, it's, but you know, I, I have a very rational, logical mind also. So it's, it's interesting that that's, and that's how I also prioritize like today. I'm like, yep, I'm doing this, 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 because these are my high priorities. I know. And this is, this is where boundaries come important. That's why you're so important that you mentioned it because you, some other people want this whole list of you. However, exactly. if those boundaries aren't set, cause let's say for example, I don't know, your partner wants you to cook dinner. Like, let's say that's their importance. That's their priority on you. But unless you set boundaries, you say, I'm very busy today. Um, I won't be able to cook. Is there any way that you can cook or we can get takeaway or we can have leftovers? That's setting boundaries in a nice That's setting, exactly. Right. That's what I need for me to be in a place of wellness today. And that's not giving the time into cooking and compromising. Yeah. And I'll cook tomorrow if you do tonight and being flexible, that's a big piece to it because we just, if we continue to try to drive at this hundred percent level, we burn out, we fail. Ultimately, mm. there are things and in, in people in our lives that ultimately feel like they are not a priority. They don't feel the value. We go to sleep at night thinking, you know, I wish I could make more time for that and feeling guilty because you can't, and nobody wants to live that way. But that is the reality of the days that we have in front of us, especially as business career people that have lives of any kind outside of that. Yeah. That is, there's more than we can handle unless we really pay attention to what our life needs and what we need from it. You mentioned burnout, which is very, um, very, very prevalent in business professionals, an individual in this 21st century. And a lot of people go, you know what, take some time out, you'll be fine. But for some people, that stresses them out even more. So how important is it taking time out to actually achieving success in all areas of your life? Because it sounds very counterproductive for a lot of individuals. You know, and I think a lot of people feel that way, but self-care is absolutely essential to success. We must have time to, um, for ourselves to allow um, a refocus, grounding, um, those personal experiences, you know, if we don't have those kinds of things, our life becomes chaos. And, and so it, we need to be able to slow down and we need to look at the things in our life and realize that so many of them deplete our energy, not necessarily in a negative way, but still everything that is hitting us from all different different sides is depleting our energy. And if we don't take the time to replenish that, then that then we're no good to anybody, right? So it's it's really about the ability to operate efficiently 
in any and all areas of our lives and being able to see that shift in the workplace, which is long overdue, long overdue, where companies are gaining ground in this area of well-being and self-care and work-life balance. And we see it more probably in the States than you guys do at this point, but really attempting to build that culture around it because it is so important that we take care of ourselves because otherwise we can't take care of anyone. I mean, that's the bottom line to it. And so we need to have those moments where we can replenish our energy. And it could be something where maybe we need a holiday, right? Maybe it's five minutes. Again, it's individualized. It's based on our day, our situation, our life as a whole. And what do I need to replenish my batteries? Is it just sitting on the, you know, in the grass with my bare feet and just, you know, sucking in source energy for five minutes? Or has it been so stressful over the last few weeks that maybe I need a long weekend? We have to determine what that is for ourselves, but it is, it absolutely must happen. It must happen. Mm, and being flexible. I love that because it's not just putting in a routine that you're going to meditate for 10 minutes every day at midday. Right. Because it might be different. Like you said, one day you might not have anything and you're like, you know what? I'm feeling pretty chill. This is awesome. Everything's flowing. The other day you're like, oh my gosh, like I need a half an hour nap if I want to function at all when everyone comes yeah. home. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. And, and I love the whole concept of uh, individualism being adaptable and flexible is throwing throughout this whole conversation. And I love that because it, it's not even just that the person next to you is different. It's that you may feel and need different things every day. <laughs> every day. And it's important that we check in with ourselves. We check in with everyone else, mm. right? We ask our friends and our families and things, hi, how you doing? Is there anything you need from me when they're, you know, looking a little stressed out or we do for people in our lives, right? We just do all the time. We need to do for ourselves. We often leave that out of the equation. And I'm not quite sure why and when that actually happened in the in the society in which we live, but we need to get back to that self-check-in and making sure that we're okay and that we have what we need so that we can continue to do for others. Mm, I love that. So coming to the end of this absolutely amazing episode, what can individuals do during a heightened level of stress or anxiety to bring themselves into a place to make better decisions in the moment? Um, what, what are they able to do? There are tons of things to do and we outline a lot of them in the book, mm -hmm. but if we have time, I can share a couple of quick little exercises. Let's go. Help your listeners be able to implement some of this right now. Tomorrow at work, if they have a moment, they can go right into these. Um, so really, the, a lot of the things when it comes to those moments, right, where we don't want to react, where we have something happening in front of us, it's immediately stressful, it's immediately our anxieties through the roof, it's very important for us to be looking for the root cause of that. And that is just a piece of mindfulness teachings, you know, that we just learn how to take a moment, take a breath, what's happening, because I might feel angry, but is anger the true feeling that I'm feeling? And look for that root cause, right? So some of these will help us do that. And if we have the root cause, we can better then react and or release. And so that's a big piece to it. So let's get down him. I got a couple of them just here so I can get to them. So one of them um, about finding the root cause is um, we, we have three of them. We have being in the moment, 
being grounded and asking the why. So those are some of the three that we use most often with our clients, right? So being in the moment is basically stopping what you're doing and you can be anywhere in your car, at work, at home, out in the yard mowing, it it matters not. Wherever you are, stop and be in that moment. Um, Recognize everything that's going on around you and do not try to block it out. That's kind of a falsity that's been out in the world for so long that you need to clear your mind and clear your thought. That's impossible. We really can never achieve that. So why are we attempting it? What we need to do is find wellness inside the chaos because that's not going to stop, right? So recognizing all that's around you, visualizing yourself taking a step back. If you want to take a step back, take it, but definitely put it in your mind that I'm stepping back from this situation, right? Close your eyes if you can. If you can't, if you're standing in front of someone and you can't, I get it. Take a deep breath in for the count of four, hold it for the count of four, and release it for a long count of eight. And you want to just rinse and repeat until you allow that fresh energy to come in and you feel a little bit more calm and you're feeling a little more grounded in the moment. And then ask yourself, what is the feeling I'm experiencing right now? not anxiety, not stress. What's causing that, right? Why am I feeling that feeling? Where's that coming from? And try to build out that little bit. And we can pair it with one of these other practices to help you answer that. Um, The next one is being grounded. And being grounded is so vitally important that we feel connected, that we feel re-energized, that we feel Um, power outside of ourselves coming into us to allow us to make good decisions and react. So placing your feet firmly on the ground outside is preferable. If you can do it bare feet on the ground. Oh, fantastic. But if you're at your desk and you've got to just set it on the floor, put your feet firmly on the ground, Um, allow your feet to ground to source energy. So literally I picture my cell phone cord. It's got this big, huge, I block something on the end of it as it's plugged into my wall that stretches across my living room. And I picture that the phone side of it is plugged into one of my feet. And this one is plugged into the ground. And so in my brain, I'm literally visualizing, I'm plugging into this source energy and I'm allowing it to come into my body. I'm using the breath work that we just talked about. I'm visualizing all that positive energy as it enters my body. And with each breath out, I'm, I'm visualizing that bad breath, but that bad energy is leaving me. And again, it's really just re-energizing and it's really a rinse and repeat. Do it for two minutes, do it for 20 minutes, do it for two hours, wherever you need to feel feel safer. You need to feel like you do have power, especially in those situations where you are immediately hit with something where you feel like you should react. You don't have to react. And it's okay to speak your truth and say, you need to give me five minutes on that and let me absorb what just happened and get yourself grounded so that you can make some better decisions. Um, those are two of my personal favorites, but asking the whys are really the one is really the one that's going to get people to where they need to be when you want to find that root cause. So, you know, let's say that we, the example, um, why am I feeling stressed or anxious, right? I'm in that moment. Why am I feeling stressed or anxious? anxious? And maybe it's because I have been given a deadline on a project, right? Um, that I don't think I can hit. Well, why do I feel like I can't hit that deadline, Right. 
because I have so much on my plate. Why do I feel like I have so much on my plate? Because I've been given to new, new projects each day this week. Why do I feel I have been given all these projects? Probably because I don't say no to my boss when new projects are offered. Why do I feel I am unable to say no to my boss? Because I don't want to disappoint my boss. Why do I feel saying no would disappoint my boss? And it's really walking through that whole process to where you get down to the last piece of it is really why haven't we communicated about my comfort level because I have never initiated that conversation or set that to be a boundary for myself. And so asking yourself the whys in any situation, taking a second and just saying, why do I feel that way? Allowing yourself to just be in the moment. And why do I feel this way? Why, where's that anxiety coming from? Why is that so? Is it because of something in the background that I'm not noticing? And really just taking that moment. One of my favorites, and I know I'm taking up a lot of time here, but some of these are so fun. Your senses play such a key role into your well-being every day. And so one of them that I like to do, even when not faced with stress or anxiety, but really just to refocus and feel a part of what's going on, it definitely helps with anxiety and stress, is to use your senses. Sit wherever you're sitting and try to see five things that you can see, right? Four things that you can hear, three things that you can touch, two things that you can smell, and one thing that you can taste. Now, if you don't have all of your senses, Add some extras to those heightened senses that you have. So, um, but it works for everybody. And taking that moment to just be in the moment, it helps build the mindful muscle. It's teaching the mind to be in the moment because you're looking and feeling and touching all the things around you for that brief few seconds. It's connecting your senses to everything that's around you. And it is bringing you to a place of calmness and wellness that takes literally seconds out of your day. And because we all want to feel connected and it really kind of makes that a con you feel very connected to what you're doing in that particular moment. And, and I use that one. Some days I use it once, <laughs> some days I use it 25 times because you can just keep doing it. I do it, did it two minutes ago. I'm going to do it again right now. I did it two hours ago. I'm going to do it again because it really just sets us in such a healthy place in our brains. So you can't overdose on it. <laughs> Yeah. That is a fun one. I love, I love that. I love the examples that you gave us. And I guess it can all be linked to work-life balance. You know, you can ask yourself, why do I believe I don't have work-life balance? What do I need to have it? Why? And then right. deeper and deeper and deeper into it, figuring out what your values are, figuring out your boundaries, how you want to be treated, how you want other people to treat you, what, you know, the 100%, 100% looks like for you. Then using these techniques, all of that can be combined together for yes. the individuals to achieve work-life balance or, or their perfect life, whatever that may be at any given time. Right. Exactly. I Which is that. really one and the same if you think about it. Our perfect life is work-life balance because then we're living in a place of balance and if we're balanced, we're happy and we're peaceful and we're calm. So 100%. it's really one and the same. 100%. And I love those techniques that you just told us about. You can do it anywhere. You have full control. Um, you know, you can stop at any time that you want to stop. You can keep going the way you want to keep going. Um, yeah, it's just amazing, especially in combination with the breath. The breath is so powerful. We're underestimated because we just yeah. do it, um, you know, not thinking about it. Then we think about it. We're like, wow, this is pretty powerful stuff. We should be thinking about this all the time. <laughs> right. It really is. And if we were to take just a few seconds every day and just concentrate 
to take a deep breath, that alone would change so many things in our day. But we, we often just don't even, we, we dismiss it because it's not, I'm breathing all day, right? It's yeah. not important. Yeah. It really it's not, is. It's not the newest little uh, supplemental medication on the field that we can just pop in off if things go. Right, right. <laughs> but to finish off this absolutely amazing podcast, um, as this is a natural health podcast, uh, we ask all of our guests, what is your best kept natural health hack, which you may do every day? Uh, I, I have a feeling what it may be, but you let me know what that is. <laughs> it's called the 1768. My life hack is the 1768. And again, it's one of these little exercises that anybody can do at any time. We know that it takes approximately 68 seconds for our thoughts to manifest something. And whatever we're thinking, we're manifesting and we're doing it all day long, 99% of the time without thinking of it. So if we have a negative thought in our head, within 68 seconds, we are manifesting that in our world. So whenever a negative thought crosses my mind, I immediately get to my 17, which is literally just a, you know, counting backwards from 17 to zero. And instead of thinking to myself during that 17 seconds, I can't pay this bill, right? I reword it. I'm looking forward to getting this bill paid. I'm just changing the narrative. I'm just changing the, taking a positive spin on whatever it was I was thinking. And I do that and think of that as I'm counting down, right? 17 to zero, coming up with that alternative. And then I hold that positive thought for 68 seconds. I have now changed a negative thought into a positive thought. I've given myself a new narrative and I have now manifested that from long before that negative thought ever got to a place where, where it could manifest. And, and really, we have to remember that, that positive thoughts are so much more powerful than a negative thought. So anytime we can do that, we are creating something very powerful within us, being able to just move those out. So the 1768 is my favorite go-to. I love that. That is such a cool concept. Absolutely love that. 1768. I'm definitely going to remember that one and try and use it that one. You've given us so much value in this podcast. So many little exercises, little hints, little this, that. Absolutely amazing. Um, For individuals who want to get your book, what is it called? Where is it available? Where can people find you to get in contact with you? We are on Amazon. And so if they are just listening, they can they can easily just Google Michelle Willette in Amazon search window and all of my books will come up. Um, but um, what we'd like to do is we would actually like to offer a couple of free copies of the book to your listeners if you are so inclined. So the book, um, the main book is called The Five Steps to Wellness. It comes in a series. We have five different books, but the main book is the one that you really should read first. And we'd love to give out 10 free copies to your listeners. And all they need to do is just email us and put the natural health podcast in the subject line. And they can email us at contact at balanceyourpath.com. And I will shoot out a downloadable PDF of the book. I will not use their email address for any other purpose. They will not get marketed to or sold off. They are perfectly safe with me and, um, and they can get a copy of the book. So I encourage anyone who's interested to send us an email and we'll just randomly pick 10 folks to get a copy. Um, but we are on all of social media. They can find our website at balanceyourpath.com. And um, if they go to um, any of the links inside the book, if they get that free copy, all of the other books, the author page and everything is linked in that PDF. So they would have that as well. 
Um, that is absolutely amazing. Wow. Yeah. Get yourself we, we have a lot of a ways copy. to find it. Get yourself a copy. That's all I've got to say. And I'm going to put that also in the newsletter. All the information is going to be in the natural health newsletter. So a lot of individuals will be able to jump on that. And I'm going to put the information in the show notes. I think it's so kind of you. And, and it's absolutely beautiful that you're giving us this information and individuals who want to you know, have that work-life balance, have that so-called perfect life. You're literally saying, here, I can help you. This is how you get it, which is absolutely amazing. That That's, yeah. thank you so much. Really, really appreciate it. You are so very welcome. It is absolutely my pleasure. You know, if I can, if I can help anybody not take as long through this journey as it took me, and that's really why these books exist, because I wanted to shorten that journey for everybody who's seeking something. And that's what we've done. This is literally a step-by-step guide. You don't have to know any of this stuff or understand it. And we will walk you through. And this book is not only just a book, but it's a workbook. There are practice sheets. There are meditations that come with it. There are practices. There's all kinds of fun things that come with this. And it does partner with a 365-day journal that we have that helps you then take what you've learned and take it through the entire year. Wow. That's absolutely it's amazing. It's fun stuff. It is fun stuff. So I'm, you know, I'm thrilled that you're letting me put that out to you there to your of listeners. Of course, that's 100%. Really I think that's uh, so much value right there. Absolutely appreciate it. Thank you so, so much for being on a Natural Health Podcast. Michelle, really appreciate your time and the work that you've done. I appreciate your journey that you've been through so you're able to help other individuals and assist them with their life growth. Thank you so much for being on a Natural Health Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I have had an amazing time. Thank you. You're most welcome. Thank you for joining us at the Natural Health Podcast. And remember, the missing link between failure and success is your health. Content and information provided here is opinion of Mahela Raguse and is for information purposes only and does not constitute medical advice. It is not intended to provide medical advice or take the place of medical advice or any current treatment you're undertaking. Consult your own medical professionals for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the Natural Health Podcast. It is advised that you consult your doctor or healthcare professional in relation to any health concerns you may be having. Mahela Raguse does not take responsibility for any health consequences which occur from a person listening, viewing, or reading this content. And in a circumstance, Circumstances shall the natural podcast, Mahela Raguse, any guests or contributors to the natural podcast, or any employees, associates, or affiliates of Mahela Raguse be responsible for damages arising from the information provided on the natural podcast. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical conditions in either yourself or others. Please note if you're taking prescription, do not stop your medication or start a new protocol, including but not limited to supplements diet, lifestyle changes without consulting a doctor or healthcare professional. If you or any person has a medical concern, you should consult with your healthcare provider or seek other professional medical advice. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something that you have read or heard on the natural podcast or in any linked materials. If you think you may have a medical emergency, call your doctor or emergency services immediately. Neither Mahela Raguz nor the publisher of this contact takes responsibility for the possible health consequences of any person or persons reading or listening or following the information in the educational content.